1: Friends, if you look out there, you're going to see war, you're going to see hatred. If you look to Jesus, you're going to see answers, you're going to see love, you're going to see acceptance, and you're going to grow in Christ to become gold.
0: That is Pastor Michael Oxentanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast with Pastor Mike is entitled, Golden Choices in the New Life. We brought you the first portion of this broadcast the last time we were together, and we will complete it here today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Well, let's get underway with the conclusion to Golden Choices in the New Life. Here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko.
1: Christ is all in all for us. I mean, if you're looking at yourself to impress God, I'm sorry, you don't impress God. But if you're looking to Christ because you can't impress God, if you're looking to Christ because you need to grow, friend, God looks at Jesus and he sees you. He sees you because Jesus stands for you. And Paul got this. Christ has become for us everything in our journey. In Ephesians 1 and Philippians 4.19, Paul tells us that all the riches, all the treasures that belong to our almighty, infinite God in his infinite bank account, that all of them are found in the person of Jesus Christ. When God gave Jesus, he emptied his bank account. He took all the gold and heaven's treasury and he deposited it into this world to save us from our sins. Christ is the golden treasure from God. Do you want to be rich in your life? I'll take a vote today. You want to be rich in your life? Anybody here? I want to be rich in my life. Then get to know Jesus in your life. Jesus is golden. Gold is created in the heart of a star. And Jesus declares in Revelation 22.16 that He is the bright and morning star. In Revelation 3, Jesus speaks to the last church age that is symbolized by the church of Laodicea that is a lukewarm and self-righteous church full of fat cats that don't care about a relationship with Jesus, altogether arrogant, lives without Christ, the church of Laodicea describing a group of people who have all the opportunities at the time of the end to know God, but who do not know Him. And right there, in the last church age, Jesus reminds the Laodicean church who He really is. In Revelation 3:14 Jesus introduces himself as the ancient one that goes way back the one who made the universe at the dawn of time and that's the one who can make you and me in time every day of our lives Christ is the relevant one in the book of Revelation the great I am Revelation 3 verse 14 And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of God's creation. So you go far enough back, if you go to the primordial atom that was the universe, the first spark of light in the darkness of time and space, physicists tell us that some consciousness had to measure that first blast of energy or the universe would not exist. Some mind had to be there. Some... Quantum measurement had to occur. And how did it happen? Of course, they don't know. But we know. The Bible says at the dawn of time, Christ was there. He was the beginning of God's creation. Friend, if Christ was at the beginning, He can be in your today. And He can be at the end for you as well. You should never underestimate these words that are in your Bible because when you read these precious words in your Bible, you are in fact interacting directly with Jesus Christ. You can't separate Him from the words of the Scriptures who is the living and the abiding Word of God. Christ's words are faithful because He is faithful. His words are true because He is the true witness. His words are genuine because He is the beginning of God's creation. He is genuine. His thoughts and words are in your Bible. And so when you read your Bible, you're talking to Him. You're interacting with Him. It's as if He's sitting next to you. Friend, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the Word in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The man or woman who dismisses or diminishes the powerful Word of God to look smart like some puffed-up theologian who pontificates ideas upon the Scriptures That man or woman can never come to know Jesus Christ unless and until he or she in humility surrenders to his word at the foot of the cross. God has placed within our Bible everything we need to know God in Christ. And so it is the pathway to know the living Christ. So when we diminish the scriptures in our life or we listen to people who would The devil hates the Bible, and he hates the testament of Jesus. And when we don't take it as the Word of God, it has no impact on our lives. But when we scoop up its jewels, when we treasure its words, when its meanings are made ours by prayer on our knees, then the living Christ comes into us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Men and women who turn to the Bible in humility, friend, grow in Jesus Christ As they come to know and come to understand who Jesus is in the Bible. The golden one. I confess this morning that I want Jesus in my life more than gold. Are you with me? I want Jesus in my life more than gold. The world out there is full of hatred. Raw, blind hatred. I want the love of Jesus in my life. I don't want the hatred of the world. The world out there is intolerant, right? I want the love, the kindness, the grace, the patience of Jesus in my life. The world out there is an intellectual darkness. I want the love, the enlightenment, the truth of Jesus in my life. The world out there is full of lies. Lies are put forth by all kinds of isms. And there's evil out there. I want the truth of God in Christ in my Bible, in my life. I want to know Jesus, who is gold to know and gold to hold for the rest of my life as the treasure of God for me. That's what I want. I confess I need Jesus today. We've seen a lot of hatred this last week, and who knows what we'll see next week. Do you agree? I mean, this is a crazy year in American history. This has been an even crazier week in American history. We've seen people on every side hating the other side. We've seen people of different colors demonizing men and women who are not like them last time I checked it out in my Bible, Jesus died for everyone in red states or blue states, didn't he? I think he died for everyone. It doesn't matter where they come from. He died for people who are black, white, yellow, any other color, any other spectrum. He died for the world. He could care less about what is the color of your skin. As Martin Luther King Jr. would say, it's the content of what's inside that matters to God. He's looking for a person who will come to him in faith. Jesus died for you and me and for every person also. Jesus died for your worst enemy, just like he died for you. Jesus died for the rich, and Jesus died for the poor. Jesus died for the most despised person that you may feel hatred for, and the most treasured person in the world also. He died for them. With Jesus, there is no difference. He died for them all, and the question is why? Because he treasures them more than the gold of Ophir. So this morning in this new life that comes in Christ, I confess proudly. I confess Jesus and I choose Jesus. Jesus is the golden choice at this time of our lives. And when I choose Jesus, friend, there's no room for the hatred, the darkness, the ignorance of the world with Christ in my life. God has made Jesus to be our wisdom, our wealth, our knowledge, our righteousness, our perfection. So that when we glory in the gold that is God, we glory in Jesus. It's a new year and many people are choosing all kinds of things, both good and bad. How many of your New Year's resolutions have collapsed already? You had some that haven't happened? You're working on them? Okay, we're in that kind of zone. The golden choice for you and me is to choose Jesus. Can we get more basic than that? The golden choice is to choose Jesus. I was driving yesterday when I almost hit a man in the middle of the road who was waving at me to go around me. He was waving, going around. His car was behind him. He had a red chair in the middle of the road in front of him, so he figured if he got hit by the chair, at least it would protect the car and someone else wouldn't get hit. I was trying to figure out what was going on. I looked, and his car had stalled. He had blinking lights on it. He was standing in the middle of the road with a noble purpose. You could see he was doing it for others, not himself. He was afraid that someone would hit his car and get hurt or killed. So he was standing between his car and the oncoming traffic. He was an African-American man with gray hair, a wise figure, standing in the gap to protect others from getting slammed. I was moved by the man I saw standing in the road to protect us all as I drove around him and stopped at the red light. When the light ahead turned red, I got out of my car. And so I held up the traffic. I went back to him and I gave him a gift that would help him stand in the gap and not be harmed. I had an expensive flashlight in my car that was an LED flashlight. As you would hit the button, it would also go to a red mode that flashed like a police light or something. Just a very impressive light. I paid a lot of money for this expensive flashlight. I had it in my hand. The man in the street stood for love, but he only needed one thing in his hand to make it work for those coming at him. He needed a light in his hand that was bright enough to show the way. He was surprised to see me, a white man walking suddenly toward him, a black man in this awful climate of hatred in our country. But suddenly he saw my face was full of love, And I could tell that his face was full of love. And he could tell that I was a friend trying to make a difference. I said, sir, here's a light in my hand. It's set on bright. It's flashing red. Take the light. Don't give it back. You use it to protect your life on the road. He looked at me with a smile. And I could tell he knew that I wanted him to be safe. That in some distant kind of way, I cared about him. And, you know, he cared about me because that's why he was standing in the gap. I wanted him to not get hit by a car as he protected others. I stopped my car in the middle of the road to hold the traffic up, and he stood in the middle of the road to save others from a potential catastrophe. I hope he keeps that flashlight for the rest of his life. I hope he does. It's my favorite flashlight. That man was well worth the gift of my favorite flashlight. Friend, when God sent Jesus into this world, he sent the light of the world to save us. More than a flashlight, a spotlight, a lighthouse that points us to God. John 1, nine says Jesus was the true light that enlightens every man that comes into the world. God sent Jesus to show us the golden rule and the golden way that is Jesus. When Jesus was reviled. Jesus did not revile back, Peter says. When Jesus suffered injustice, Jesus suffered for us all so we could learn to seek the better justice that comes from God who is just. When Christ was beaten, scourged, stripped naked, pushed out of the Jewish gate, the eastern gate, to die on the cross, Christ went to the cross as a man from the land of Ophir showed up. Suddenly, as he was carrying his cross up the hill, a man from Africa showed up, and the Romans commanded him to carry his cross. He was Simon of Cyrene. And Paul tells us that Jesus made peace between heaven and earth at his cross, that all races gathered together at the cross. And here was a man from the great continent of Africa helping a Jewish man carry his cross, not knowing who this man was. Ephesians 2, verse 13, Paul says, But now in Christ you who were once far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made us both one. He has broken down the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. The one body is the church. The church becomes a place of reconciliation, racial reconciliation for social classes coming together where people unite as one because of Jesus. He says, thereby bringing the hostility to an end. I hate the hatred that's out there in the world. I despise it. In the church, it should be a place where people are loved because of who they are in Jesus Christ. Am I correct in saying that? And we should leave the stuff of the world outside the door as we work for the salvation of every precious soul. Verse 17, He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through Him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, that's the church, is joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built into it for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. That's what God's plan is for the church. At the cross... Jesus gave up His Spirit, every man and woman in the world. He gave it up for them so they could be saved. That's you and me. Pilate wrote this inscription on Jesus' cross. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. But Pilate wrote it in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew because Jesus of Nazareth is more than just the King of the Jews. Jesus of Nazareth is the King of the world. Noah had three sons to reboot the world at the flood. Son was Sham, his firstborn, Ham and Japheth. Shem gave rise to the Lion of Abraham, that is the Jewish race. And Christ died for the descendants of every one of these three children. Ham gave rise to the mighty men and women of the great continent of Africa and a few other places too. Japheth turned north that would become Europe and China and the world beyond the Indo-European Asian race. So it is no accident that at the cross there are three representatives of three branches of the human race, not three races,
0: Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxen-Tanko in today's Reaching Your Heart. The human race,
1: one race, they confessed as three in their own way that Jesus is Lord. And so we meet as one at the cross. The son of Sham was a Jewish thief that hung on the cross next to Jesus. The Jewish people are always closest to Jesus in the Bible. On that day, two Jewish men hung on crosses next to Jesus. One cursed at him and the other rejoiced to see that he could be saved through him. And so the one thief whose heart was touched by the death of Christ, he turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said he would remember that Jewish thief and make it so. He said, you will be with me in paradise. And there was also the son of Ham around the great conflict from the great continent of Africa, the son of Ham, who would later become a leader in the missionary church of Antioch that would seed the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Simon of Cyrene was passing by and like so many good men from the great continent of Africa, Simon was forced into slavery that day. He was forced to carry Jesus' cross when Jesus couldn't carry it because Jesus was carrying the whole world on his shoulders. Roman soldier, it may have been the centurion, hey you! Take this cross and carry it for the man. Carry it for the man. You were forcing you to do it. And he kept on carrying it. He carried it all the way up the hill. But he kept on carrying it for the rest of his life because it became the highest honor of his life to be a slave of Jesus Christ and to carry the cross for Christ. Simon carried that cross, we are told. The New Testament indicates that the Apostle Paul came to Antioch in Syria And there he learned from the elders of Syria how to articulate the gospel. And there was in that place a Simon who was called Niger. Simeon called Niger. Simeon and Simon are the same word in the Greek. This is Simon from Africa. And the evidence is the man who carried Jesus' cross was there in that missionary church that helped to seed the world with the knowledge of the cross. Simon was one of those men who mentored Paul, who taught him the value of the cross. And so in Galatians 6.14, Paul, having learned from Simon, said, Far be it from me to glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul made golden choices to say no to the world and yes to Jesus every day of his life, because Simon and others showed Paul just how to be a slave for Jesus Christ, as Paul writes in Romans, and just how to carry that cross without complaint, as Paul writes in Galatians. And so Simon was used by God as a child of Ham to teach us the value of loving Jesus and carrying his cross. And there was also the son of Shem, represented by the Roman centurion. He could read the Latin inscription on the cross. He couldn't read Hebrew, but he could read Latin. And the inscription read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Because he was from Italy and Latin, he got those words in the Latin language. The Roman centurion was there. Yes, he was there. And he represents the Indo-European-Asian component, the sons of Japheth that moved north after the flood. Maybe he had been one of those men who scourged the Lord Jesus or mocked him on the way to the cross. He was definitely part of the group that crucified him. He was a soldier, and alas, he had committed crimes that day. Yes, when Jesus died, he committed crimes. Soldiers are strong. Soldiers fight for the right cause, or so they should. Soldiers follow orders, and soldiers never complain. Soldiers are brave because they value strength and honor and country. And yet this man was persecuting one who silently carried his cross. This man, who was a Roman, was part of the club that put this noble man on the cross, And when his Roman soldiers mocked him, he saw this Jewish man treat them all with respect and dignity. This Jewish man with the cross destined to die acted more like a king than Caesar ever did. And something jarred in his Roman head. The Jewish man was a noble, kind, strong, honorable, true man. This he could discern. And as a soldier, a Roman soldier, he took it all in that day. He came to see that it was a far better soldier who died on that cross at the hands of him. The captain of the Lord's host died on the cross that day. The commander of God's army was crucified by the centurion. More than man was in that man. He could see that. And so the man who was Roman confessed that the Jew on that cross was more than a man. More than a man. He saw the veil of the temple rent from top to bottom. When the man on the cross cried out, It is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He saw across the east from the slopes of the Mount of Olives, he saw the veil of the temple rip from top to bottom. A great earthquake occurred. He saw the man when Pilate had said, Echo, homo, behold the man. And that's all Pilate saw, but the centurion saw more than Pilate saw that day. And there at the cross, the centurion confessed as he placed his hands and held the cross and felt the blood that flows from him to us that makes us all clean. He confessed that day that Jesus is Lord. I imagine he wept out the words we find in our Bible. Truly, this man was the Son of God. When I was a boy, I saw a movie about the life of Christ and John Wayne Played the role of the centurion. And I don't think I've ever heard it better when he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. He said it with that John Wayne accent or swagger, but it was just beautiful. It stuck in my mind all these years. Truly this man was the Son of God. All three men made golden choices that day in their own kind of way as they chose Jesus as their Lord in the new life. We live in a world of hate. You don't have to look far to see it. It's all around us. People all around us are choosing it instead of God. Dear heart, Jesus is the gold of Ophir. Jesus is the gold of Euphrates. Jesus is the bright and morning star. Jesus is the meek and humble one who is the power and wisdom of God, the very strength of God. I ask you a very important question today. I ask it of you Is your life out of control? Is your life determined a lot by what's happening around you instead of God's presence in it? Do you feel like you're not going to make it? I ask that question. Are your sins so many that you can't win it seems? The more you try, the harder it seems. Do you feel overcome by your past? I'm asking the questions. Friend, Jesus is the friend of sinners. Jesus is the friend of sinners. Make the golden choice in your life. Choose Jesus. I mean, let's get the intellectual stuff out of this. Let's get the heart into the play. Choose Christ. You can't do better than that. Why? Because Jesus forgives. Jesus is the vision of God that you can see. Jesus is proof that God loves you. Because the cross is proof that what does not lie. And ask God in Christ to forgive you because God in Christ forgives you. Christ at the cross said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Christ is golden. And friend, remember when he comes, remember to call out to Jesus. And like the thief, say, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then like Simon, don't be afraid to carry his cross because he carried your sins, your burdens on that day. And confess like the Roman centurion that Jesus is truly the Son of God because that is what every good soldier must do to be saved. That's what every good soldier in life must recognize, that Jesus is more than man. Friend, Jesus is the golden treasure who's truly the friend of sinners. All wise, beautiful character. Christ has been tried in the fire and in that trial, we are forgiven. Friend of sinners, Jesus is. We have golden choices to make this day when we choose Jesus. I appeal to you, choose Jesus. The God of gold has given us Jesus. Jesus is golden. Choose Jesus, the friend of sinners.
0: Pastor Mike's message today was entitled, Golden Choices in the New Life. That's Golden Choices in the New Life. Thank you so much for listening today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, laurel maryland 20707 or if you're more comfortable you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org video reachinghearts.org video the live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website reachinghearts.org video thanks for listening and we do pray that god is reaching your heart